In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I'm on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome back to Diet Stars Tomorrow. I'm your host, Aileen, and oh my God, guys, this is my first time hosting solo. Sammy, I know you're listening and I miss you. And if you guys missed it last week, Sammy and I will still be co-hosting Back for Seconds, which is our subscription show. We release two episodes a month, so be sure to subscribe. So you guys might be wondering, now that Sammy's out and it's just me, what is going to change? And is Aileen just going to be talking to herself the whole time? I mean, like, yes, but no. (laughs) Obviously, I'm going to have guests every week. We might have some recurring people come on to do segments. We're going to add back some really fun games and explore a lot more different topics. I know you guys have been wondering, oh, Eileen, you talked about downloading WW. Does that mean you're going to be talking about diets again? The answer is, for the most part, no, but it's not that simple. I'm a human. This is an ever-evolving journey for me, much like it is for you. Practicing intuitive eating has been transformative for me. I was in a really dark place at the beginning of COVID in March, you know, as lots of us were, spiraling emotionally, not knowing what the fuck was going to happen. And I was doing a lot of emotional eating while also trying to lose weight, which we know was just completely going to fail. And at that time, intuitive eating really, really helped me. It helped me heal my relationship with food. I'm not afraid to eat like anything, which is huge. You know, we had the discovery that you can have a sandwich with two pieces of bread. Holy shit. It gave me so much peace when I was pregnant too, which was so necessary for me at that time. And Obviously, exploring body love and acceptance at every size is still work that I'm currently doing, you know, and I don't think that's ever going away. That's something that we're all going to be doing for the rest of our lives. That's why we're listening to this podcast. But since then, I did something I've literally never done before, which was have a baby. So I'm in a new territory and the stakes are different. The stakes are higher for me because my daughter's watching and what I want to achieve for myself and What I want Mila, my daughter, to learn from me is some sort of balance. I want to know what does it mean to live healthfully, both body and mind? How do you live a consistent, balanced, and fun, fun is the keyword, fun life without going to extremes in either direction? And so that's my goal. And I hope you guys can come along with me on the ride. You know me. I'm always down for a serious, vulnerable conversation, but I also love having a good time. So that is what we're going to do here. This is a space that's open-minded. We're positive. 
We're fun. We're die starts tomorrow. So with all of that said, for my first guest, I wanted to bring on like the most requested guest of all time. Um, he's been on a few episodes of Diet Starts Tomorrow. He's on our live show, which was so fun. And also in 2019, which is wild. We also haven't spoken to him since then. So please, everyone, welcome celebrity trainer, Insta star, and a huge fan of a big salad, Jordan Syatt. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> I can't believe we haven't spoken since 2019. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Doesn't that seem like either, seems like both yesterday and maybe five years ago. It really does. For me, it seems like it's just forever ago. Like it seems like a very long time ago. It was, it was BC <laughs> before COVID. Like, <laughs> it was a different time. But here we are. And you have happy. the cutest baby ever, by the way, now. <laughs> Thank which you. Which is, I love watching your stories. Like, it's, it's amazing. So a huge congratulations, Mazel Tov. That's just very exciting. Thank you so much. And you were married also. Am, congratulations. Thank you. I have a lot of questions about is okay. What's your wife's name? Are we? Are you allowed to share that? <laughs> I don't. I don't share that. Is her that. name Nini? <laughs> that's like what we call her. That's like the oh, nickname. okay. So that's like a joke that yeah. I didn't miss. No, no, no. That's like okay. No, that's like her nickname. But we we decided after a while of us dating because so many people started asking what her name was. Like you know that some people are crazy. Some people are absolutely out of their mind yeah. on the internet. So we're like, we want to keep it private. So when we first started dating, I noticed she was eating a lot of paninis. So I just started calling her Panini. And then like it went from Panini to Paniner to Niner. And now I just call her Nini. So now everyone knows her as Nini. Okay. And do you call, do you call her Nini like also? Oh, all the time. Yeah. yeah. I, like like oh, on like her so birthday. That, like, like, is her that's name. like her, yeah, her nickname. It's not a real name, but we, we decided together not to share okay. that publicly. And you also don't share what she does. That's also a running joke that I've caught that's, on to. That's a running joke <laughs> where like I just make up the most outrageous things, like whether she's like a, an underwater pizza delivery person or like an underwater chess player or like an extreme ironer. <laughs> and people like a lot of people, it's so funny because when I share one, like I, I shared one where I forget there's a name for it, but you know, the, the things that sumo wrestlers wear for their like uh, their uniform. I don't know what it's called, but I said that she yeah. makes those sumo wrestling things. And the number of people who are like, that is yeah. so cool. Like, oh, my, how did she get into that? <laughs> Please tell us more about her craft. <laughs> that's really, that's really funny. But congratulations. So you got married in like recently, right? Yeah. And it was a small, it was just you two? It was just us. We went to Greece and it, we just got married just us. It was great. That's amazing. Congratulations. Also, congrats on saving a lot of money. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> but you've got a baby. Which is so, how, is, how, is, how is the baby? Like, does she sleep well? Like, what's, what's going on with that? Like, I've been wanting to ask. Oh, she's good. She, it's, it's like a learning curve. Every day is something different. But, you know, we've gotten out of like the three-month thing where it's you're like just very sleep deprived. Um, and so I feel like more of myself, I have more energy and that really makes a huge difference in like your well-being. Yeah. I'm never underestimating sleep again, like ever. <laughs> it makes a huge, huge difference in like your mood, how like what you do, what you say to any, like it's crazy. Yeah, it really so, is. We're still catching up, but she is very sweet. But okay, I need to ask you, what is up with the jujitsu? That is new. 
Yeah, so I've been doing it. Actually, so I started that in 2019. So I I wrestled my whole life from when I was like eight years old to 18 years old. I can see that for you. That's actually how I got into fitness. You know, I'm I'm (laughs) super short, right? I'm a short Jewish dude and I come from a very short Jewish family. And my mom wanted my brother and I to be able to defend ourselves because we're, you know, we're really short Jewish dudes. And so when I was eight years old, my mom was like, I'm going to put you two into wrestling. And I didn't know what wrestling was. I just knew of like WWF style wrestling. So I was like, you want me to hit someone with a chair? And she's like, no, you schmuck. You're not going to hit someone with a chair. Like it's Olympic style wrestling. And so I was like, I don't know what that means, but she put us into it and I fell in love with it. Like I just, wrestling was my whole life. I made varsity as a freshman in high school. Oh, wow. And so wrestling and jujitsu are actually, they're very similar in some ways. Uh, And so I I always wanted to get into jujitsu. And so when I stopped coaching Gary Vaynerchuk and I finally had more time on my hands, I joined a jujitsu academy in New York City called Henzo Gracie. I did that. I trained there. And then now we moved to Dallas and I'm training here in Dallas. Just, I love it. It's been such a, a wonderful addition to my life. It's it's a great way to exercise and get fitness in while also chasing something that is outside of physique or, or, or a scale weight or something. So I understand that that is what you love about it. But like what what do you love about the sport itself? Yeah, it's like, a great question. Versus other types of so, sports. So I would say the, we could say a difference of, uh, we'll say other martial arts like boxing or Muay Thai or, or something like that, which I do enjoy and I've done those as well. But one of the great things about jujitsu is I look at it very much from a self-defense perspective and like, God forbid something bad happens on the street. Um, number one is like over 90% of fights on the street, they end up on the ground, right? And, and even like if you're thinking of women's self-defense, like almost everything happens like on the ground or like when you're lying down, right? It's like you're, you're it's not usually not standing where things are happening. It's when you're on the ground. And um, yeah, jujitsu teaches you how to, it, the, the main thing of jujitsu is if you're a smaller opponent, you're a smaller person, it doesn't matter the size of the person that you're going against because you can use their leverages against them. And it's really, it makes it so that no matter your size, your the fight is equal. And uh, I love that because I'm a small guy, right? And so for me to be able to go up against, like when I first started, there were some there were some young girls in there. There's a young girl named Vanessa at the, at the academy I train at right now. She's 16 years old. This girl is a savage killer. Like I cannot, like (laughs) she beats me every time because their technique is so much better than mine. The other thing I like about it Mm -hmm. compared to like boxing or Muay Thai or or anything like that, if you, if you punch somebody, right, if you punch someone in the face or or whatever, like that person is going to get really, really injured and you're also going to get injured. Like if you punch someone, you're, you could break your hand very easily, um, there's no punching or kicking or anything in jujitsu. It's all about controlling your opponent. And there's, so there's no striking. So I'm thinking again, in terms of self-defense, punching, kicking, you could get hurt, they get hurt. And oftentimes that's where lawsuits happen, right? Where it's like you end up hurting someone more than you intended to. With jujitsu, you're just controlling them. You get them on the ground and you control them to the point where they can't hurt you, they can't hurt someone else, and they can't hurt themselves. So like, even if you have someone who they attack you on the street, you don't have to destroy them in order to, to control them. You can get them on the ground. You can control them, wait for someone to get there, and then take them into a place <laughs> where they're protected, you. right? So it's, it's they call right. it the gentle art. 
even though like it's, it's really not that gentle, but because like it's, it teaches yeah. you how to control someone in a way that won't actually physically harm them if you don't want to. Wow. I actually didn't know that about jujitsu, like that that's the kind of the difference yeah. between that and like other type of martial arts. I want to like learn some moves. Yeah. <laughs> Go to Hen Henzo Gracie right in the midtown. It's amazing. I moved. Did you, you moved too though. <laughs> yeah, I moved. I'm in Dallas, Texas. Where are you? Oh, that's where you went? I moved to Long Island. <laughs> Not as far. <laughs> okay, perfect. Congrats on the move. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Okay, so speaking of your move, you moved in with Nini. How has that like sort of changed your habits, like healthy living or anything like that? Just like moving in with someone. So we actually... We moved in together, uh, I, I believe, on May fifteenth, twenty nineteen, is when we moved in together. So we've been living together for for several years now. She, what we we had a long distance relationship for like two years. She was living in Atlanta, and I was in New York, and that was really difficult. One of the benefits of the long distance relationship is that when you're long distance, you're on the phone talking. And you really get to know the person. And like you, I think that's actually one of the greatest benefits of a long distance relationship is where you're, if you really want to get to know the person, this is your opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then when you do see them, it's amazing and, and it's wonderful, but it's, it's not clouded by the physicality of it. Mm -hmm. So we did that for two years, which was, it was really difficult. It was devastating, but we made it through that. And then she moved to New York. She moved in and within six months, I was like, yeah. That this is it. It was like basically because she was so great in the long distance relationship. In my mind, I was like, is this too good to be true? Like, is this, is this too, like, I need to live with her to see if it's actually right. real. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Within six months, I was like, you can't fake this. Like, you can't fake it when you're living with someone 24 seven. And so then I, I proposed and it's been, it's been wonderful. It's infinitely better than, than life was before her. 
Oh, that's so sweet. So <laughs> she, I, I, I noticed she like works out a lot. So like, does she ever say like there are benefits or like non benefits of like living with a trainer? <laughs> <laughs> do you comment on her form in like an annoying way? <laughs> I will never ever comment unless she asks ever, uh, because I had girlfriends in the past where I learned that mistake ahead of time where like they'd be doing something and be like, no, 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 no. And then they would get mad at me to have a whole fight. And I'd be like, what happened? I'm just trying to help. So now I will only offer if she, if she asks, uh, she has an inner circle, obviously like a free inner circle membership. I'm not going to make her pay for that. <laughs> she uses the app and she does all the workouts, but she's also super open-minded. She's like, Hey, can you see if I'm doing this right? And all that. And so I'll modify her workouts if she needs to or whatever. Um, but only if she asks, I'm never going to be like, Hey, right. you need to do this. But, but she's, she'll ask pretty frequently. Yeah. That's, that's, I can imagine either that's like funny or like annoying. <laughs> hey, uh, your deadlifts. We got to talk about those. <laughs> um, okay. So you do a lot of Q and A's, lots of Q and A's. What is your most asked question? Oh man. Uh, there are several most asked questions. I think, I mean, the most, the most, 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 most asked question is, how do I know how many calories I should eat to, to lose weight? And they'll spell lose with two O's, <laughs> which just infuriates me. <laughs> and so it's, it's how, do I, how do I lose weight or how many calories should I eat to lose weight? And then I have to correct the, the grammar there but, or the spelling, but uh, that's it. That's probably the most common one. How many calories? And then you direct them to your YouTube video. That's exactly yeah. right. Yep. What is the most asked question that's like shocking to you that people are asking or still think in a certain way? I get a lot of questions about what are the best exercises for losing fat here or, you know, like what, what exercise should I do to get rid of my love handles or what exercise should I do to get rid of cellulite or what exercise, like those, like what are the best exercises for like that? Spot right? training. Correct. How do I, how do I get rid of fat here? How to get rid of cellulite? And the cellulite one really gets me because it's, I mainly work with women and, you know, a lot of women are very self-conscious of their cellulite and who am I to be like, you shouldn't be self-conscious of this. But I, I sort of think about it from the perspective of balding is very normal for a vast majority, for a lot of men, right? Like, look at me, I'm freaking bald. I started balding when I was 18, right? Like, and I just shaved my head immediately. I was like, screw it. Like, I'm not going to try and use Rogaine or get a hair transplant. Like, screw yeah. it. This is normal. We need to like, and I know this is like a big common phrase in 2021, like we should normalize this. Like, cool, let's normalize balding, right? Because men bald and even some women lose hair and they and go bald, right? It's like, that's, it's, it's common. It's normal. Cellulite is freaking normal. It is a normal part and in, in women, like 95% of women have cellulite. It's not something that you struggle with. You have it because it's normal. So like 95% of women have it. It's based on the structure of your skin. So that's why men often don't have it as much as women, although some men do. And so for me, like I, it, I really struggle with like, well, number one, there are no exercises that's going to get rid of it. There's no cream or anything that's going to get rid of it. It's number one, let's normalize it. It's okay. You should have it. Uh, and number two is like uh, the only thing exercise is going to do is you can use exercise to get healthier. You can use exercise to get stronger. You can use exercise to improve your performance in something. You can use exercise to reduce pain in something. Uh, but using exercise to try and reduce fat in a certain area is, is 
not going to happen. And to try and get rid of cellulite or anything like that, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. So I think the more that we can just get used to saying like, hey, this is normal. It's part of being human, the better. Yeah. I mean, the whole cellulite thing, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. I mean, in terms of the balding thing, though, we, we've, as a society, come a far way to like, bald like people are like oh that man is bald he's hot like there there, there's no like oh but then again we also have like the dad bod is also like oh my god it's so hot we don't really have that kind of like language for women like there's no like oh she has cellulite that's hot like that's not a thing that people are like say in mainstream like on social now social media more but like you don't hear men saying that so therefore i feel like women have a hard time accepting that fact that you can't change that about yourself for themselves. You know, like, I don't think that that's as easy because we don't hear that from just people. Like, we don't hear that from the opposite sex or just like, we don't, we don't hear that. So I think it is refreshing to hear that from you. Also, like, I see little dimples in skin in my baby and and it makes me really appreciate my own body because it's like, wow, like I can't say one negative thing about her. Like how could I say negative shit about myself? Yeah. In terms of just like nutrition and, you know, you always were big on like the calorie thing, you know, <laughs> has, has your mindset about anything like shifted? What, what's the deal with Syed fitness? Like what do, what do you, do you have a different philosophy or is it pretty much the same? No, I don't have a different philosophy, especially when it comes to weight loss specifically and in, in calories. Like it's, it, we could go through as many as like all the different fads that we want and da, 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 da. It's like, no, if you want to lose weight, which by the way, if someone wants to lose weight, God forbid, it's totally fine. It's not a bad thing if someone wants to lose weight. I know we've got no point in society where we have to clarify that, but if someone wants to lose weight, which is totally fine. They have to eat fewer calories than they're burning and they don't have to count their calories, but whether okay. or not you count your calories, your calories always count. So I don't care if you do intermittent fasting or if you do, I mean, keto is honestly, I think it's really stupid, but if you do that and you like it fine, uh, I don't care if you do paleo, I don't care what you do, but if you want to lose weight, you've got to be eating fewer calories than you're burning and that that's it. So from that perspective, my philosophy is exactly the same. I would say the biggest change that I've really had uh, it comes in form of exercise, which I've been really banging on the cardio drum lately. Yes, I wanted to ask. You've you seen about me that. talking about that. <laughs> so the strength and conditioning community that I've been brought up in since I was fourteen has really—they've gone very anti-cardio, right? They—they they went anti-cardio because—and when I say they, I also am talking about myself because I was sucked into that world, so I made this mistake. Um, we went very anti-cardio because we realized, well, you don't need cardio to lose fat. And a lot of people, especially women, were going to the gym and they, we would call them like cardio bunnies. All they would do is cardio and no lifting whatsoever. Um, and we didn't want that. They, they would, and they would do that. They would do two hours of cardio because they thought that's what they had to do to lose fat. When in reality, it's like, no, if you get your nutrition in check and you lift heavy weights, like you will lose fat and you'll get more toned and defined and stronger and all that. But the fitness industry runs on a pendulum of extremes. So instead of just being like, hey, just do a little bit less cardio, we went to don't do any cardio. Cardio is stupid, da, 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 da. And that's including myself, my uh, a younger coach, Jordan, of like eight, 10 years ago, which that was one of the biggest mistakes I made for sure. Because now, and I don't know how many of your listeners will know this, but in the strength and conditioning community, 
there were in the last five years, there have been some very, very big name and, and wonderful people in the industry who died from heart complications. Uh, and I, I'm not a doctor. I can't say, and they were like forties, like for like thirties, forties, fifties years old. They were not old. Um, and I'm not a doctor, so I can't say, well, if they had just done cardio, right? I don't know their genetic history. I don't know any of that. But I do know that cardio is one of the most important things you can do for your heart health. And, and it's a very, it's a completely different energy system to do like lower intensity, longer duration cardio than it is to lift heavy weights or even doing high intensity interval training, right? They're two completely different energy systems. And there is no doubt about it that having several days a week, of even just walking or light jogging or swimming or cycling or elliptical or whatever for 30 minutes can do work. It's literally miraculous what it can do for your heart. And so this is really the, the, the drum I'm banging right now for people is it doesn't have to be either strength training or cardio. Let's get a little bit of both in there because you're going to get the best of both worlds from the, the strength, from the bone density, from like the physique improvements and, and the athletic improvements, but also for your heart health with the cardio. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I wanted to ask you about like the low intensity versus the high intensity, which I think that you've been posting about, which I was really yes. interested in. Like I've, I've done, you know, like Kelsey Wells and like the, yeah. the, the sweat app, like they always, I love her. She's great. They've always like added in like lists into all of their workouts or into your, your weekly program or whatever. And I always thought, like, whatever it's cardio. Like I can go hard on the, like my bike for 30 minutes and that's, that's my list, but my heart rate is going to like 160. So it's not really, I, I just learned this from your Instagram. <laughs> that's not really 
low intensity. That's very high intensity. So what is the difference? And because I also read that Mm -hmm. it's different for everyone based on like what workouts affect your heart rate. How does list versus high intensity affect your body or let's say your heart or anything like that? It's a great question. So if we look back at like in the 80s and 90s of exercise, we look at like step aerobics, right? Like that was like step mm-hmm. aerobics, it was, which is like, it's relatively low intensity. Like, yeah, it could get higher, but it was a longer duration, lower intensity type of cardio. And pe- it, people ate it up and it was great. But now with higher intensity training coming out, it's it's not that it's better. It's that what we've gotten to a point where we just always want something that we can do faster and get the results more quickly. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. So the the marketing for high intensity interval training is, they say you get the same results in less time. The difference with high intensity interval training to get to your question is that anything above 150 beats per minute, and this is like a like a general number, but we'll call it 150 beats per minute, your heart is beating too quickly. So when you do a lower intensity cardio, which is generally what's known as zone two, and depending on your age and everything, it, it could usually somewhere between 110 beats a minute to 130 beats per minute, somewhere in that range which doesn't like, feel like much. For me, it's walking, yeah. It's <laughs> about walking. Yeah. When you do that for 30 to 45 minutes, that can actually lead to what's a lower resting heart rate. And the goal with this is um, as you get better with this, you can increase your intensity while keeping your heart rate lower. So when I first started, my zone two at about 130 beats per minute was level three on the treadmill, no incline. Now, I can go level five on the treadmill with one incline and my heart rate is the exact same, which to me is mind boggling. That's a a huge difference. But now, so before where I was walking with no incline, now I can actually do a pretty like significant jog and my heart rate is still lower. And that's where you can see these improvements where your heart is becoming more efficient. And that's what we want to see with lower intensity cardio that you cannot get with higher intensity cardio. Okay. So I have a few questions. Thank you for explaining that very well. <laughs> so in HIT though, it's interval. So you are going through intervals of low and high intensity. So during the low parts, aren't you fulfilling the zone twos? Not necessarily. So one of the great things about, one of the things about zone two is it needs to be for a sustained period of time. Okay, so right? It's not just like a brief period because realistically, if that's what you needed, you could probably sit down on the, on the couch watch a scary movie on Netflix, jack your heart rate up and then, <laughs> right. And then you'd uh, like theoretically get the exact same benefits, right? It's the, and that's not how it works. We know it's not just about purely heart rate and it, it can't just be for a brief period of time. Uh, you, you want to sustain that lower heart rate for a longer period of time. Okay. So how long is a workout at like a, a 120 beats per minute, like or a walking or a light jog for someone? So I would say if you're, if you're, let's say you're just starting out, you're just starting out, maybe you, you are very out of shape for whatever reason. Uh, I would say, number one, all you're going to need to do is walk, like probably leisurely walk and you'll be there. So you don't need to worry about it. But I would say two to three times a week of 30 minutes is wonderful. Like that's a great place to begin. I think working up to four times a week of 30 to 45 minutes is a really great goal to strive for, but you don't have to start there at all. But that that would be plenty for a, a very healthy heart. And then you could do that before your workouts, after your workouts, on your rest days. I mean, ideally you're getting steps in no matter what. So even on a day where you're not working out, just go and get your steps in 
and you're trying like get your heart rate somewhere between 110 to 130, you're going to be mm-hmm. good. Okay. So I have one last question. Maybe this is a loaded one before we go into listener questions. <laughs> so knowing that there's the hit and then there's the strength training and now there's the lower intensity, how <laughs> do you, and maybe this is something that you get when you join Inner Circle, but can you give us a little bit of advice here? How would you form somebody's like week of working out? Yeah. Yep. So, so there's a couple of things I want to say. Number one is I think the most important thing for exercise, the most important thing is that you can find something that you enjoy. That's the number one, like more than any, like, well, this one is optimal for this and this, like the number right. one is you love it. Right. And frankly, not everyone's going to love exercise, which like we have to appreciate. Not everyone's going to love it, but they have to do it anyway. Cause it's good for you. Cause the alternative is that you're not going to be healthy and it's not gonna be good for you or your family. But I think it is important to say not everyone's going to love it, but you still got to do it. It's not an excuse not to do it. But if you, if someone is, is listening and they're like, but I love my hit, then cool. Do your hit. You love it. Great. I don't care. Just do it. Cause you love it. It's better than doing nothing. But Now, from a more like optimal perspective, one thing we have to cover here is a lot of people do hit because they're chasing the feeling of working hard. They're they're like, oh, I just love when I sweat like crazy and my heart's beating out of my chest and I can't even breathe. And I'm like, I mean, that's great if you enjoy it, but the same people are often not happy with their results. And I'm like, okay, so are you okay not being happy with your results in order to feel that way? Or are, would you rather go for something that's going to give you better results, but maybe not make you feel that, that high that you get from hit? And you have to make that choice. And the reason I bring this up is because a lot of people think, well, like the best athletes must be doing hit all the time. No, no, no. Not. If you look at the best athletes in the world, like Olympic athletes, professional athletes, depending on the sport, they'll do hit at most, at most once or twice a week, at most like that. And I can't say this enough at most once or twice a week for about like 12 to 15 minutes. It's not this hour long hit class. That's not what they're doing. And so I'm always like, what would make you think this average Joe or Jane think that you need more hit than a high level professional athlete. That's just, it's, it's asinine. You don't, and it actually can do more harm than good. We see a lot of people getting injured and burnout with too much hit. So in terms of structuring the weekly programming, what I would do is I would say two to three days a week of strength training. I would say, uh, if you want to include hit on one or two of those days, I would rather you do it on a strength training day because you're actually using the same energy system. It's the same energy system with HIT as with with heavy strength training. So we'll say two to four days a week, but at least two to three days a week of strength training. And if you want to include HIT on one or two of those days, you can for eight to 15 minutes max. That's all you need. Other than that, you're just going to get diminishing returns. And then on all the other days, do some lower intensity cardio, whether it's walking, light jogging, swimming, cycling, elliptical, rowing. I don't care what it is. Just move, just walk. Even realistically, some type of vinyasa flow in yoga will probably get you to that like 120 to 130 uh, heart rate zone. Like that's one of the great things about yoga is you're like, depending on the type of yoga, you're constantly moving. You're always going. So that's another way to get your zone two in. It doesn't just have to be walking or jogging on the treadmill, which can be boring as all hell, but like 
find something in which you're always moving at a somewhat lower intensity that you enjoy and you're going to be set. I love that. I feel like that's a very clear answer. For the strength, are you doing like legs one day, arms, upper body <laughs> another day? I don't know, push, pull one day. You know, what What? Uh, what do so you say? My preferred is uh, if I'm training four times a week, I will do so. So I'm gonna get. I'll give you, I'll give you <laughs> no, two, no, no. three, and four times a week because, like, I'll do Let's the four go to times two a week. to three. <laughs> four times a week, as I use an upper lower body split. So, for example, Monday would be lower body, Wednesday would be upper body, Friday would be lower body, Saturday would be upper body. That's a four times a week split. That's my personal favorite for four times a week. For three times a week. A lot of people go towards full body every day, and I hate that. It's, I think it's a really terrible way to go about it because if you do full body every day for three days, you're never, number one, going to get full recovery of your muscles, and you're never going to be able to lift as heavy as you could or as intensely. It's always going to be like a lower to moderate, and you're never going to be able to reach your full potential, and you're going to be sore all the time. So I would actually prefer for three days a week something like day one is lower body, day two is upper body, day three is full body. And so that's what I would prefer. And usually like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, some type of a split like that. For two days a week, that's when you could do full body. So I would say maybe like Monday, full body, and Thursday or Friday, full body. And that's what, that would be plenty. This is great. And how long And how long should they be doing these strength workouts? Like 30 minutes or like an hour? So it really depends. If you're the type of person that will in between sets, be on your phone and chit chatting and FaceTiming, whatever. Like, and I'm not going to say don't do that. Cause if you're in the gym and working out great, but like, um, that may be an hour, an hour 15 at most realistically. Yeah. But if you're in there and you're paying attention to your rest periods and you're not, you know, dilly dallying or whatever, you're not lollybopping around like 30 to 45 minutes is plenty. I would say if it's taking you less than 30 minutes, you're probably not taking enough rest and you're not lifting heavy enough. If you're in there in and out in 20 minutes on a regular basis and you're you're sweating like crazy and your heart's going like you're not lifting heavy enough. You need to slow it down, lift heavier and take a, like 75 seconds to 90 second rest between between sets so you can actually recover and lift heavier weight. Thank you for that. I think the reason why I'm kind of asking and like really prying a little because you know now that everybody's kind of at home and at home workouts are the sort of way that everybody is working out, it's it's harder to just start and know how to build, know, know how to like work out at home. Like where, where, what do you do? Like everybody's just doing either full body or just doing spin for 30, 30 you know, like there's no direction. Even with all these like libraries of classes, like you don't know how to plan your week. And like you said, sure, if you enjoy it, that's really all that matters. But it is, it's kind of hard. Like you're just like, okay, but what am I working towards? I want to actually make a difference in my body. So, you know, home workouts, it's just speaking from personal experience, they can just be so dreadfully boring. Like my eyes are bleeding from, it's like, cause they're so repetitive, right? Yeah. It's like, how many burpees can you freaking do? You know, it's just like, oh God. And I hate burpees with all of my heart. I hate burpees and I rarely ever program them, program them because there's just so many other better options. But Ew, when burpees. you're doing home workouts, like, you're limited by your body and what you can do with your body, right? So if you're relatively new to this and you're like, well, I, can only, I can't even do a push-up, you might think, well, what's the point? Well, number one, you can always alter that. You can always do push-ups with your hands elevated or do push-ups on your knees. But for me, I don't care if you're doing home workouts or at the gym or whatever. 
one of the best ways to get motivated to really do it is to have some type of a goal. But for example, if you can't do a push-up yet, but you can do push-ups with your hands elevated on the windowsill, then say like, all right, your goal is going to be to do like, I don't know, 25 push-ups a day or to get to the point where you can do one real push-up on the ground, uh, like one straight push-up, mm-hmm. right? And so having a goal like that or having a goal of being able to to goblet squat a certain amount or being able to do X amount of lunges, like have a goal that that is something you can look forward to that you can strive to. Because if you're just exercising to exercise, frankly, often isn't enough for most people. You have to have a specific goal of what you'd like to achieve to have almost like a little competition with yourself because that's what we really thrive on. That's what's going to motivate you. Mm-hmm. The thing about the push-up is so true. Like I used to be able to do like so many push-ups, like so good, like really slow and clean. And then like fast forward to years and here I am postpartum trying to literally just do like even a cobra, you know, off the ground and I am sore for three days. So <laughs> <laughs> that you you really can't discount like the amount of, kind of work you need to do before you get to the big push up, you know? And and it does take like real work. Like it's a real workout to do a, a the knee push up, the one against the wall, the a fucking cobra. Yeah. So, yeah. Some, someone asked me in my Q&A yesterday and I didn't answer it, so I'll answer it here. I just get a lot of questions, but someone was like, "I've been working on getting a full push up for 3 months and I still can't do it. Like, what's going on?" And and I wanted to be like that's normal. Yeah. Like, it takes a while. Like this is, and, and the cool part is, once you get the first one, this is for both chin ups and push ups. Once you get the first one, the other ones just come on much more quickly. But it's very difficult. You're you, pushing up or pulling up your entire body weight. It's challenging. It's for most people, it takes longer than three months to get, and it's just that's part of it. Oh yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I have a few listener questions because people are very excited. And yes, people wrote in when we asked for people to, if they have questions for Jordan, a lot of you just literally just said yay because he was coming on the show. (laughs) So we appreciate that. But some people had questions. So talking about like workouts and all of this, COVID, post-COVID, in COVID, whatever, (laughs) Question one, where do I even begin? I need a total reset and mind shift. I would love more context, right? <laughs> um, but but um, I think there, there are several places we can say where they should begin, right? We could start with the mental side of it, right? It's like if you need a whole new reset and like, you need to ask yourself, 
why are you doing this in the first place? Like, what do you want to do? Are you going after the same goal over and over again of like, I don't know, losing the last 10 pounds or is it, are you like struggling with exercising consistently? Like ask yourself, like, why are you doing this? And I think that's one of the most important things. Like, why is this important to you? And for most people, like, let's say it's something about losing the last 10 pounds. I think losing the last 10 pounds is massively overrated where it's like, how will your life be better from losing these last 10 pounds? Because there's going to be a cost to losing those last 10 pounds. And that cost is going to come from being more restrictive with your diet, maybe not being able to enjoy yourself out with your family and friends as much, maybe not being able to enjoy your weekends as much, right? So, so if it's the last 10 pounds, maybe switch your goal from trying to lose those last 10 pounds to trying to get your first push up or your first chin up or improving your mile time or going to yoga more consistently, whatever it is. So that goes into my, um, or not my question, but a listener question. How the fuck do I stay consistent in working out and my diet? It's a great question. And there are many sort of avenues we can go down. But first and foremost, most people who struggle with consistency equate consistency with unyielding rigidity, right? And so, and basically what that means is like their idea of consistency is every single day, seven days a week, I need to be literally fucking perfect with my nutrition and my exercise and I need to do this, I need to do that and I need to get at least 10,000 steps, I need to do my workout and I can't have any quote unquote bad food and as soon as they do go off that ridiculous fucking plan, then they think they are inconsistent and they ruin their progress and then they of course they quit and they're no longer consistent because they think they ruin their progress and it's not because you ruined your progress, it's because you set yourself up to fail from the beginning by thinking that consistency meant perfection not to mention like working out every day and eating literally perfectly that that's not perfection that's stupid that's just a bad idea it's not healthy and actually research shows consistently that flexible dieters and flex people with more flexible lifestyle are significantly healthier than people with a rigid lifestyle with in regard to health and fitness and nutrition so you have to understand consistency might start with working out three days a week and like three days a week of strength, and then other days of just movement, just walking, that would be your consistency with exercise. And nutrition, I try and be like 80% consistent. If there's 31 days in a month, then you should be consistent for 24 to 25 days that month. That's that's 80% consistent, which gives you about like four, five, six days of like, hey, you're not consistent with maybe you go out on a weekend and you you completely you know what screw it I'm just going to eat more whatever it is like you enjoy yourself but if you want yeah. to be 80% consistent about 24 25 days that month you should be on point and realistically it, let's say you're let's say you're 50% consistent well if you got a 50 on a test in school like you fucking failed right <laughs> so like if you're 50% consistent with your nutrition over the course of the month, then you don't deserve to be upset with your lack of progress. Yeah, I think that's good advice. The The mental shift is also really important. And and like you said, like not being so rigid, but the like being obsessive is also not helpful for consistency because like not taking, like taking it seriously. Yeah, sure. Because these are your goals, but not taking it like, oh my God, this is the end of the world. That type of mental shift, like just being like, all right, so, you know, whatever, like that's not the end of the world. Like, I'm just going to move on with my day. I had a nice day. Like, 
that's it. Okay. So I had too many chocolate chips. Okay. Who gives a fuck? It's kind of like just being a little, just like so much easier on yourself. And I think that like just kind of applying that, like just being nice to yourself helps with consistency. I mean, not being like mad or feeling guilt about that is the key to not really doing it again. And I think that also helps with consistency. And that's sort of how I'm going into this year as well. I like that. You know, you said something, just being nicer to yourself. And that's, I've seen that it's a big common theme in the last few years, which I think is important. You got to be kinder to yourself. But I also think about it from the perspective of you have to be nicer to yourself, but nice, but firm, right? So like you have to be like, so nice to yourself in, in terms of, cool, you had too many chocolate chips. Cool. Did you enjoy them? I hope so because they're fucking delicious. So great. Like, I hope you enjoyed that. But now you have to be firm and say, so you enjoyed them. Now let's get back on track. Let's not use that as a justification to like, well, now I'm going to go eat the entire pumpkin pie and I'm going to go eat all the Chinese leftovers in the fridge, right? It's like nice to yourself with what you did, but firm moving forward. Well, what I mean is just being a little bit more like anthropological, like understanding like what's going on rather than fuck you. Like you just ate that chocolate chip. Like you, you (laughs) kind of just went at, you did too, like you, you're doing something like that you normally wouldn't do. Like something must be going on. Okay. Let's explore that instead of you can't do that again because you'll do that again. Yes, exactly. So like, it's really just kind of being a little bit, just giving yourself like space for, for the kindness because you wouldn't, you wouldn't like you're not yelling at your friend if they did that. You'd be like, oh, what was going on then? Like, are you feeling okay? Like that that yep. kind of that kind of nice, I think, is what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay. In what instances would you be in favor <laughs> of intuitive eating? I'm a, a big, big fan of intuitive eating for people who are struggling with disordered eating. For people okay. who are, are really struggling with with binge eating, uh, with some type of of, of disordered eating. Absolutely. Um, my issue, it's funny. I don't have an issue with legitimate intuitive eating. I have an issue with what the fitness industry has, has turned intuitive eating into they, what they've made up intuitive eating into, right? The actual intuitive eating book and, and what is outlined as intuitive eating. I don't have an issue with that for people who have, uh, 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 issues with food and have disordered eat, disordered relationship with food. My issue is with for the people who say, well, I'm going to use intuitive eating to lose weight. And I'm like, well, hold on. That's not what the fuck it is. And and right. like you like you've already botched it. Like you've before you've begun, you've already botched it. And a lot of people in the fitness industry and people who don't know better, they're like, well, I, I'm going to lose weight intuitively. No, no, you're not. <laughs> like that's not it's a terrible, it's not how it works. So that's the issue I have with it. I don't have an issue with the book. I actually think it's wonderful and they have many amazing and scientifically backed strategies to improve your relationship with food. The question is like, are you trying to lose weight? Because if you're trying to lose weight, intuitive eating is not going to work. Like that's not what you should be doing. You should be doing something. No, you have to be okay with potentially gaining weight if you're doing intuitive eating. Correct. That's exactly right. Actually, one last question. What Hogwarts house (laughs) are you and your wife in? That's that's an actual question. <laughs> well, so so I don't know what she is. She's never like taken the test. I can tell you what I think. Um, so I've taken 
in my heart, I've, You've taken, I've taken a the test. test. Yeah, not lying. <laughs> Is that what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a Harry Potter nerd. Like, I've t- they have tests online. So, like, oh, okay. in my heart, I'm a Gryffindor. In my heart, uh, I took the test online and it said I'm a Ravenclaw, which, like, I don't know. Because I was in special education growing up. I'm really not that smart. So, like, but who knows? Like, it said I'm a Ravenclaw. I don't necessarily think that. I think I'm more of a Gryffindor. And the sorting hat says, like, you know, you can choose, sort of. And you're, he takes your your choice into account. So yeah. I think I'd be Gryffindor. But. It's intuitive. <laughs> uh, I think I think my wife is is a Ravenclaw. She's a Raven. Who is in Ravenclaw again? Which one? Well, none of the main characters were in Ravenclaw. None, none of, of them. The main character. Okay. No, Ravenclaw is like seen as uh, it's like so. Hermione was between Gryffindor and Ravenclaw. It's like the most like it, it's very intelligent that is in Ravenclaw. Oh, I see. Did you watch the reunion? Of course I watched yes. the reunion. Yeah, it was. I had that big lump in my throat. I was like almost crying several times, especially like watching Robbie Coltrane. Like, oh, it was so good. My favorite part was the the crush that, um, what's his name? And I don't Hermione remember anybody's and name. Hermione and Malfoy. Hermione and Malfoy. Like I couldn't believe each other. it. Like, they need to get together in real life if not if they haven't already they're in love I love the story cuz her story she was like yeah we were in a class and the teacher was like draw what you think god is and he drew yeah. a picture of a girl on a skateboard with a backwards hat and she fell in love with him right there i was like that's really awesome like i love that that's so awesome and he she was excited to see his name on the call <laughs> she it was just like and then he did you see how how like vulnerable he was? He's like, and I'm still she still has a soft I still have a soft spot for her. I'm like, propose. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> this is Ross and Rachel. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. I, it's it really gave a completely new insight into the into the movies and the characters. Like when they were like, Yeah, you know, we're all little kids. We're having boyfriends and girlfriends and breaking up with each yeah. other. I was like, oh my God, that must have it been was crazy. So cute. It was really cute. Well, that is it. Thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us today and being my guest on my first solo episode. And Jordan's going to be back for our Dear DST episode this Thursday. He's going to share his non-scale wins. It's going to be amazing. And remember to email us, dst at betches.com. Follow us at Diet Start Tomorrow. Follow Jordan at Sia Fitness. Every time I look for your Insta, I look up Jordan not Syat Fitness. and <laughs> I've tried to change it, but it won't let me. And I think it's, I don't know if it's because I'm verified or what, but it won't let me change my name. I'll help you call Insta. Thank and you. you can follow me at Aileen. And we're always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.